0: Ooh, that was so good. Eric, Bonnie, Jerry, and Mal. I will go, Lord, send me. Who's ready to go? Oh, good. Super. Because I'm, you know, going to ask a question right now. <laughs> and God might have sent you to be the answer to that question. So we are uh, continuing on in our series, Sacred Earth, Sacred Work. We've had the First week of remembering that we are an original blessing, that that is what we were born in, and we're here to expand the capacity of compassion in our hearts as we walk the four mystic paths, the the positiva, the negativa, the creativa, and the transformativa. And we are looking to celebrate creative diversity, right? Diversity of creation. So that was last week's conversation. And we had the idea that we can get into the mindset of either-or thinking rather than both-and thinking. And so you were invited this week to pay attention. Where were you stuck in that either-or thinking and how could you expand into a both-and thinking? And since God sent so many of you today with your hands raised, yes, who would like to share? Because I know somebody's got something fabulous to share of what that practice was like for you this past week.
1: Yay, Shirley. <laughs> okay, so a friend of mine and I, we, we uh, uh, it was a class, a Zoom class in, at Lilydale. We couldn't make it there, so we decided to Zoom. And the teacher was someone that we, we both knew, so I thought it was going to really be good. But when he started, he, it was just really odd. And what he was saying, we're both looking at each other going, Okay, this this is not what we signed up for. And we both looked at each other and we thought, Okay, we could just go shopping now instead or we could maybe spit this out and maybe learn something. Really? Maybe it's not maybe he's going somewhere that's going to be good. Well, it turned out it was really, really good, because, but it was three hours. So we thought, <laughs> this better really be good. <laughs> and we had already paid for it and everything. And um, so we he started out with a meditation then that we both really enjoyed. And then he, he got into mindfulness, and it was what we had expected now. But, you know, we had that choice, and we were immediately judging him, like both yeah. of us, just looking and going, okay, this guy's kind of wacky. Um, but not at all, and it's so. I, I said to, I said to her, I said, I need to say, I need to share this on Sunday now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. How many times do we do that? Right, we start out with something, and something seems off or weird or wacky, and we think, I'm out of here. Yeah. Now we miss the gift. Either or, both and. Okay, anybody else? All right. So we are moving on today to uh, creative, sacred. Vocation, and I wanted to start out this morning with our beloved Jerry. Um, As Greg mentioned today, we have been honoring Jerry over the last couple of weeks for his 60 years of service here. Talk about sacred creative vocation, (laughs) you know? Right? And and I started to think about how we are 95 years old, and Jerry has been here for 60 of those years. I mean, so let's just take that in for a minute, right? But I was realizing that when Jim was interviewing Jerry at our um, celebration a couple of weeks ago, Jerry, you were asked the question of how did you arrive at Unity spiritual center? And while you answered the question of how you arrived as a church um, accompanist or keyboardist or organ player, I suppose, at that time, you never really answered how you came to Unity where you have been doing this sacred, creative vocation for 60 years. And I'm wondering if you could just share with us, what, what brought you here? And, and this, you know, Jerry's uncomfortable with, you know, um, but I've got to keep, and you'll do just great. give me the mic. I knew it.
1: I knew it.
2: How do you know when you're being led by spirit? Yeah. Really? If you're in the right mindset or the right spirit mood or whatever, things just happen if you let them. It's a matter of alignment, accepting changes. Um, what I related was that my dad made me uh, take the job, but I think he knew somehow he knew also. And I, it, as far as my 60 years, I just can't help it. It's as simple as that. I'm here. Uh.
0: <laughs> so your dad
1: made
2: you? Well, it seemed like that at the time. Yeah. Because I was playing, I was the organist at my uh, my uh, grandmother's Hungarian Baptist Church in Shaker Heights, and I didn't know what they said. They just went like this, and I played a hymn. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then uh, a a tiny church in Cleveland, and uh, that's where it happened. Yeah, Uh, I was I think twelve, and uh, the, the minister got up one morning and said. Our organist has eloped. Can anybody spell keyboard? And my dad was, iPad was playing accordion at the time, and he was sitting behind me and held up my hand. (laughs) So that was the beginning. So I was playing organ with one hand. But I got lessons and everything else, and uh, eventually that led to being hired at uh, the Unity Church, which, which was meeting in Lakewood at the time. And that was uh, Reverend Norman Olson. Yeah. It, the rest is I, history, as we know it. So. Uh,
0: I understand. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I understand your dad actually did the applying for you. I, is that correct?
2: But he made the call and got. <laughs> dead, <so.
0: laughs> he got his job. Yeah. What did you think of Unity at that time?
2: Was uh, what everybody knew it was a cult, of course. <laughs> Okay. No, I'll just hold on to this for twenty minutes. Okay.
0: Eric's gonna. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry. (laughs) That was so beautiful. So, so you know, sometimes we go voluntarily, as Shirley did, and have to make the choice to stay and just give it a chance. And sometimes we're forced, as Jerry was, into a cult. And. And then we make the conscious choice to stay for 60 years. So, yeah, sacred creative vocation. So you and I, each of us, have a sacred creative vocation in our lives. But what I want you to do for today as we're talking about this is I want you to set aside the traditional view of vocation, which is that I've got a job, that I've got to go to a career, that i'm going to live and 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 it's going to take care it, it's going to take many hours in my life right so it's not that kind of vocation i want to, i want you to set that aside for a moment and i want us to open up to the idea that in any moment of any day i have the opportunity to share myself in such a way as god is using me and that my vocation here in life no matter what I'm doing outwardly for a job or a career or a role that I'm playing, that what I am here to be is that expression of God that is uniquely me. And that as I and you and I live into that, we are demonstrating what it is to live our lives in sacred, creative vocation. So I'm going to share a scripture with you for a moment coming from the book of Isaiah, and you'll remember from um, many of the past series we've done over this last year, that Isaiah was a prophet, a prophet in Judea at a time when um, there were foreign entities, the Assyrians and the Babylonians, coming to take captive the Israelites, and this particular chapter, chapter 6, is happening when King Uzziah has died. And the prophet Isaiah has a vision, and this is his vision. I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robes filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered with their feet, and, the, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I'm going to just pause us right there for a minute in this reading. You know, unity interprets scripture metaphysically. And so let's just take a moment to look at just this first part. Here is the Lord with the train of his robe filling the temple. What do you think is the temple of God? I see people going, I heard someone was blessed. Speak it aloud. Us. Yeah. Own it. Claim it. We are the temple of God, right? And so here is the Lord filling the temple of God. Do you know that? Do you know God has filled you, his temple, her temple, its temple? You are filled with the very spirit of God. And then here are the angels. The angels, the seraphim and unity, angels are just ideas, divine ideas. And here are these divine ideas declaring the whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth. You and I and all of creation are filled with the glory of God. Remember how this series began with that idea of original blessing? that we were made good and very good and that that spirit of God is within all creation and it is all good. And here are the divine ideas whispering to uh, the prophet Isaiah. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. And this is what Isaiah hears. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. All right, so now think about this. Here's the temple. Who's the temple? We are the temple. And here is the temple. The the doorposts and thresholds are shaking, and the temple is filling with smoke. And here is the answer. Woe to me. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Any of you ever have those ideas when you realize that you are the very temple of God, that God is here using you, calling you higher? Use me. Use me. Send me. We say that. And then when God responds, what do we do? You feel it? That that quaking of the temple, the smoke filling your mind, confusing you? No, no, not that. Right? So here is the prophet Isaiah having those same and then, one of the seraphim, one of the divine ideas, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he has taken with tongs from the altar, and with it touched my mouth, and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. I've got some hot coals. <laughs> no. Again, metaphysically, the hot coals is that, that burning of truth spoken from your lips, allowing yourself to let that truth be spoken out. Okay, so here's the, um, the, you know how fire is often used spiritually as a transformation, right? A burning fire, transforming. So transforming those words of, woe is me, I'm not good enough, to the truth. And so what does Isaiah respond with? And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. And so as I was reading this particular verse this week, I was thinking about how so often we say, Here I am, send me, just as Eric was singing about. But then when we get the call, the... The fear, the worry, the doubt, the ideas that we hold about ourselves get in the way, and we begin to say, what, me? Me? And it's not just us here. I mean, it's true throughout history and biblically we see it. Remember Moses at the burning bush, which was not being consumed. Now imagine for a moment. You're standing in front of a bush that's on fire and not being consumed, hearing the voice of God. What are you going to be thinking in that moment? Are you listening? Send me? And that is exactly what the divine says to Moses. I am sending you. Tell them I am that I am sent you. And what does Moses say? Anybody know? Not me. You got the wrong person, God, because my brother is a way better orator than I am. You need to send him. Right? Right? Think about Mary. The angel has come telling Mary you're, you're going to conceive and it's, you know, the son of God. And Mary's first response is, who me? Who am I that you would choose me? So we see these examples like Isaiah. Who me? There's a, um, a beautiful unity minister that I met at Unity Village the first time I went out there. Her name is Claudel County. And when Claudel County, she she tells the story that she knew she was to be a minister from a very young age. And I think, um, I don't remember her exact age, but she was older, and she finally decided to go for it and become a unity minister. And she applied, and she was accepted. And then there she sat with that acceptance, saying, who me? Who am I to do this? I'm not worthy to do this. And she sat with that idea in prayer contemplation and recognized that, of course, it was hers to do. And in 15 minutes, she wrote a song, my dedication. It's called, here are the words to it. Here I am, Lord, use me,
3: guide me, fill me lead me, take me by your will. Here I am, Lord, ready to follow, to serve you, to love you, to be you in this world. Thy will
0: you heard the call? Have you heard the call? Have you heard the call in your life? Because so many times I think that what we think is the ones who have heard the call are the ones that are up here on the stage. You know, the ministers, the priests, the rabbis, the prophets. But the divine is calling all of us every one of us, because all of us are the divine. And so you have a role to play, a job to do, an expression of the divine that is uniquely yours, that is your sacred, creative vocation that has nothing to do with your career or your job or the roles you play. You are here to answer that call of the divine. There were um, many, many times at Unity Village that I was there for the graduation of either, you know, licensed Unity teachers or Unity ministers graduating, being ordained. And every time we would sing that beautiful prayer that you might remember if you were a Catholic. Right? I see some nods. I'm trying to remember the words now because I didn't do those. But, um, you know, it's God asking that question, whom shall I send? And then the response is, here I am, Lord. And the whole, uh, we would always be in Fillmore Chapel. The whole Fillmore Chapel would erupt in. it is
3: I, Lord, I have heard you calling in the night, I will go, Lord, if you know what thing saying, where you
0: feel so uplifted, and then we'd leave and we'd get called, and I'd be like, what? No, not that. And I was thinking about that. I have heard you calling in the night. I had this situation this week where my mom was telling me, I was asking her if she was worried about Gary and I and what we're about to do, and um, she was talking about how she had been awake that night before and worrying about my dad. And I said, oh, Mom, I said, you know, I saw this beautiful quote one time that said, give your troubles to God. He's up all night anyway. And then all you have to do is give your troubles to God, focus on God, and you'll go back to sleep. That night, 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is, I'm woken up, and the worries begin. And I'm going, well, here you go, Joanne. You know, you you say, you give advice, you give thoughts, and now you get to practice it. And my thought immediately went to that conversation with my mom. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. Give your troubles to God. He's up all night anyway. And I refocused on the divine. And guess what? it worked? I went back to sleep easily. Because God is always calling and God is always answering. What am I? What are you paying attention to? We have the opportunity to listen to that call of the divine and to recognize in the call that the typical human response is going to be what? No, not me. That's going to be the typical human response. Have you felt it? Have you heard that? Yeah, no, not me. And I have said this over and over again in these years that I've been here. What do we have to do in order to to be that divine expressing? We have to be comfortable with, yes, thank you, Michelle, who's heard the call and is indeed herself becoming a unity minister. We have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Do you think? The prophet Isaiah was uncomfortable? Do you think Moses was uncomfortable? Mary, do you think she was uncomfortable? Do you think Jesus ever felt uncomfortable? Yeah. You know, we're going to be singing here in a few minutes. We are the ones that we've been waiting for. We are the ones who will make a difference. That will require that you and I listen humbly, as um, Claudel sung about here, Humbly, open, committed, listening, a yes, in spite of the discomfort that we're going to feel of who, me? Not me. Why not you? Why not any one of us? And so what does that look like, sacred, creative vocation. That looks like for me every single moment of every day when I can remember to be aware and conscious and I don't get it right all of the time, I listen to what does it look like to show up here in this moment and be love expressing so that in the process I can transform myself, my thoughts, my consciousness, who I think I am and transform whatever is happening in the world in the process. Sacred creative vocation will look like something different for each one of us, but it will look like you expressing your divine nature in any given moment. Now, here in community, we have all kinds of opportunities to engage in sacred creative vocation. Jerry's been doing it for 60 years, right? So we have different places that you can get engaged in, that you can do sacred service in. I mean, we've been mentioning several of them, like the kitchen angels and the welcoming team and the slides to help Michelle and youth and family ministry that is looking for people. Here's another that's coming up in two weeks on July 24th. And this is such a beautiful one. It's our Nehemiah retreat. So I want to just share with you real briefly what Nehemiah is, and then I'm going to stop because I see the time. Nehemiah took place, remember, after the walls of Jerusalem fell. So they were invaded. The temple was destroyed. uh, The Babylonians released them. They came back into Jerusalem. It all had to be rebuilt, but it was too much. It was a huge task. And so Nehemiah had this beautiful idea. Just have each one go and build the wall for this one little section. And you do your little section, and you do your little section, and we'll all show up and do our little bit. And if each one of us shows up and does our little bit, guess what gets built? The wall, the whole thing got done. Tom and Diane have been doing so much on these grounds. So much. Aren't they beautiful? Oh, yeah. They have never looked better in the years that I've been here. They're gorgeous. But now they're asking for your help. They can't do it all. They have a project planned for a little mini Nehemiah day, 9 or 10 till 2, Diane. 10. 10 a.m. So you can even sleep in. It's a Saturday morning, July 24th. Sleep in then come join Tom and Diane sometime between 10 and 2 and just come and do your little part. And the more people that come and do their little part, guess what gets easier? The whole work gets easier when we join together, when we commit with one another, when we each say, I'll do my little part. And that's true whether it's the Nehemiah retreat or just the ordinary everyday activity of our lives. As each of us shows up doing our part to be that light of God, expressing the light spreads in this world, and the kingdom of heaven is revealed as each of us does their part. Who's going to do their part with me this week? I heard you, Kim. All right. So let's, let's see what we're practicing this week to, to bring that about. Made in the image of the creator, every one of us carries within us the capacity to be a mystic, to be creative, to be visionary, to be an agent for positive change. It is our responsibility to say, here I am, send me. Say that with me. Here I am, send me. Okay, now you've said it. You know what's going to happen now, right? Opportunity is going to show up. And you're going to say what? (laughs) Of course. But the rest of you, what are you going to (laughs) say? Yes. And what are you going to say when you start feeling uncomfortable about it? Yes, Connie. Keep going. Yes. All right, so that's Here I Am Send Me. Cultivate your capacity to benefit the earth and all of its creatures? What are we creating in this world that will cause positive ripples into the future? Begin each day with this idea. Here I am, send me. And ask yourself throughout the day, how can I be a daily expression of God? Let's say it again. Here I am, send me. And again, here I am, send me. One more time. Here I am, send me. And then come back next week and share what you learned. Thank you, everybody. God bless.